my skin is smooth. Thank you. You don't, um, you don't wash your face? <laughs> oh, this this dirty some <laughs> Wait, what define wash? Here. Here. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. As always, it's your boy. First of my, well, second of my name, first of my kind, probably the last of a dying breed. You already know what I do. I'm here all day, every day on the block. I don't know what block it is, but I'm there. It's your host, CJ Quarterbomb. Unfortunately, Super Producer D is not with us tonight. She had a date with a sultan in the Middle East, and we will leave it at that. But with us, he's a seven trying to podcast. He's better on mute. Eugene McKeever. And on the Ooh. other side, he's the leader of the Back Outside Boys, a.k.a. COVID don't exist no more. Young homie Avery Dubois. <laughs> Can't with you, bro. <laughs> 21, 21, 21. That's all I got to say. <laughs> if you ain't heard it yet, you don't understand. Oh, jeez. I don't, I don't understand, but Okay. Listen, I have a two-hour drive in the middle of the night. I will be blasting that 21 and Drake flying down the New Jersey Turnpike. 21, 21, 21. Your man be up and down the highway like BMF. (laughs) It's the 90s all over again for me. (laughs) Your man on the highway like Mitch. (laughs) Like Mitch and Alpo. Sorry. It'd be like that. How y'all living though? Good. Tired. But here we are coming back to back. Like Drake said, we learned the game from William Wesley. You could never check me. Uh, Avery doesn't get that reference either. Your man want to be a rapper so bad. Who? Oh. Oh. (laughs) So y'all know. He was though. (laughs) I was not a rapper. I was a spoken word artist. But. In my public speaking, with vest on. <laughs> in my public speaking, I try to borrow heavily from battle rappers, comedians, poets, and other speakers. So you're a grifter. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Um, I still like an artist, a shiftless individual. That's what you. I I take from various spots and create my own unique conglomerate. Is what I like. So to say. intellectual. Plagiarism. That's what you do. Steal like an artist is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carlos Mencia. <laughs> anyway, here we are back for another week. Uh, we had to go back to back because last week was a really big news week. Thank you all for listening to that last episode. And the topic we really wanted to touch on is uh, I recently turned 35. Avery turned 35 a few days before that. And Eugene turned 35 a month before that. And as we are men firmly in our mid-30s, we thought it would be good to reflect on that and to share where we are in the process of aging and getting older and what we're thinking about life and the future and all those things, and also solicit a good number of questions from you guys. So that's what we're doing tonight. I just want to start it off by saying mid-30s, 
Give it a zero out of ten. Do not recommend <laughs> the ghetto. It is ghetto here. All right, so what's the worst part about being in your mid-30s? My metabolism slowing down and bones and body parts aching at random times. How much you weigh now? I'm a solid 207. My man started with two. Yes. You don't yeah, look yeah. it, bro. Yeah, you ain't hiding up. Hide it well. <laughs> I mean, got that belly. It's all, it's all in the angles. Oh, you 207? That was when I, last time I weighed myself in 207. I probably lost a little bit of weight, but I might be down to 200. But we we, we need to get you on, on a workout plan or something. That's the thing. I can't do much because of my knee. Yo, you still got an upper body. You you can still watch your diet. We, we could do stuff for you. I can't watch my diet after I finish this cake. <laughs> yo, the socket, the socket to me cake from Food Line, banging, son. Yo, you, you and the socket to me cake, Food Line. If you're listening, you have a happy customer, and we would love to promote you for some money. We tied it this free promotion. Right? Hit us up, Food Line. Yeah, Steph, promote us. I have a friend that works for Food Line. Promote us, Steph. <laughs> yo, Abe, what's the what's the worst part about being in your mid thirties for you? I. I think for me, it's it's this feeling of loneliness. Like it's just mm-hmm. like as you get Speak on that, as you get older, like your your friend groups become smaller, um, per se. Um, not not so much smaller, but it's just like people grow up and they have their own goals and they have their own things that they're pursuing. So it's just like it's hard for people to maintain friendships unless like they're like deep intimate friendships like if there's like new friendships it's a little hard it was like mid friendships it it could go either way left or right but um I think for me like just noticing like myself is just like I I do struggle with loneliness so it's just like I do want to be alone but at times it's just like I want to be hanging with other people but it's just like yeah, struggling with that back and forth. How are you handling that? I think, like, noticing, like, what's the difference between me needing my space and then also, like, understanding, like, when I'm self-isolating. And, like, when I notice, like, I'm self-isolating, like, I I do reach out to my friends, um, like, check in, see if I can hang out with them. Um, If not, like, I'll... You know, hang out with my family as well. So, yeah, we. I think we'll we'll definitely come back come back to that as we as we talk more about life at this age. I think the the hardest part for me is the sort of existential dread. This idea that, like, I'm not a kid, and you know, Avery, I've I've been saying this for years. Like, we we're not kids anymore. But we're also not old. But I'm starting to feel the weight more of what I haven't done or or what I want to achieve and starting to question, will I be able to do these things? And I think this is, so speaking of friendships, I think this is why having multi-generational friendships is so important. 
because my friends in their 50s and 60s and some new friends I have in their 70s, they are constantly reminding me of how young I am. And they're like, oh, you got time, even though it doesn't feel like it to me. But that constant, that constant weight of like, man, am, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? Have I, did I waste my 20s slash early 30s? Uh, that's the worst part for me. I think to that, for me, one, recognizing that I'm not a kid anymore and like having to do like stuff that I saw my parents do and like stuff that I would like, they would naturally do like on their own. It's like, oh, it's my turn to do that now. Like, oh, this is my responsibility now. Like I can't go to my mother or my father to, you know, get their insurance information. Like I have to do my own insurance now. And like just being the adult in the room is like, oh, I'm I'm the parent now. I'm I'm not the kid. Like, even though I like to play and a lot. Oh, you like, you like to play. Oh yeah, I, I play a lot. But recognizing that, oh, I'm the adult. I'm the responsible. I have to be the responsible one now. It's on me to go and get the car service. It's on me to go to the bank. It's on me to make sure that, you know, the filters are changed in the house. Like stuff that, you know, my parents did for so long. It's like, even when like planning vacations, it's like, oh, I have to pay for all of this on my own. Like my parents aren't paying for me to to go on a vacation anymore. I have my own family that I'm paying for a vacation for. So coming to the realization that those things that I saw my parents do, like I'm now having to do is like, is eye opening sometimes. Um, and I feel like having, having multi-generational friendships, I feel is good and bad. It's good because you get a perspective of what is ahead but also when you're around people like that, they've lived a lot more life. And so you feel like, dang, I should be doing this. And then you have to come to the realization, oh, I have not lived long enough to be able to accomplish that thing that they have done. And so for, for my wife and I, like my, our oldest son, he's 17 and his, his friends, their parents are about five to 10 years older than us. And so the things that they're going through is just like, we really can't relate to them because we're in a different stage of our life you know but she had him so young and so that puts us automatically with this group of people who had kids all around the same time but they were of an older age and me being younger than her it's an even bigger gap and so it's kind of difficult for me to relate to certain things with them because like oh we weren't living the same life at the same time that we that you know our kids were young like when Makai was eight that's when you know we got married and you know they were the his friend's parents they were well into their 30s at that point and so just understanding that generational gap you know it's when you start talking about certain things it's like oh dad like I haven't I haven't done that yet or I haven't gotten to that that part of my marriage yet I haven't gotten to that part of parenthood yet I haven't gotten to that part of my career yet and so it's I, I see it as a gift and a curse. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I prefer to look at the the side of it where I'm like, I get to glean a lot of information from you. Then like in that generational gap, though, my friends in their 60s who paid for college working at a car wash in the summer, I'm like, you don't understand what it took for us ah. to 
to get here, beloved. You don't understand why. And coming coming from all this as a millennial, like we are the cursed generation. We've got more debt. We married later. We've had kids later. We can't buy homes. Like all the things that previous generations have been able to do, we have been barred from. And again, dealing with that existential dread, I still can't help but be like, but I should be able to. I should be doing X, which which is just hard. Um, Here's a question for you guys. Is life where you thought it would be at this point? Absolutely not. Not at all. (laughs) In in what way? I mean, for I I have a different experience than y'all because I'm currently raising a teenager. And it's some stuff that I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, how how are these the conversations that I'm having on a day to day basis with my with my child? And so I'm and I'm like, I'm only 35, like 35 is really not that old when I was young. Like, soon as somebody said any age starting with a three, I was like, oh, you old as dirt. But now I'm realizing like today I just this girl in the mall thought I was 26 and I was like. Dad, like, do I really look that young? You know, black don't crack, but dad, she took not, ten years off my life. Not at not at two or something. No, you don't. See, that's, <laughs> I had it well. So I'm wearing, <laughs> black, we're black just about every day. I mean, it's at XXL. It covers it all. Nah. <laughs> XL, just one X, <laughs> just one X, and that's only for t-shirts, <laughs> but not soggy V-necks. Um, oh, <laughs> return of the v-neck <laughs> but it's my life is not where i thought it was going to be like i thought that you know when i was 16 17 i'm gonna go off i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna have this great career be making hundreds of thousands of dollars living in a nice home probably still be a bachelor and here I am with a wife and three kids in three very different developmental stages of life. A, you know, a son that's about to go off to college. I'm trying to figure out how to cover college and still manage, you know, everyone's emotions, manage everyone's personalities, manage my own personality while building this family and starting a continuing the legacy that my family, that my parents had and just building on that for my kids to further that legacy. So no, I did not think that my life was going to be here at this point. That's mad real. <laughs> so Avery, what about you? Um, no, I, um, no, same, same like Eugene, but similar. Um, I think for the same but similar. Hey, 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 let it let it flow. Let it flow. Oh. Words are hard for the professional podcaster. <laughs> same but similar. You said but like they were different. I mean, they are different, but we don't get into that. But um what I was about to say. No, yeah, I so I didn't really see myself as single. You know, at 35, like I saw myself with a house, at least a brownstone, or at least a, an apartment, um, family, 
and nice paying job, you know, living comfortably and, you know, um, just raising a family. But here I am, you know, still single without, you know, the family part. Um, yeah, and then being at a job that is not ideal, but, you know, it's it's great in a sense. So it's pay and benefits. Um, mm. um, I would say for me, the difficulty in that question is that I just didn't have a vision for life at 35. Uh, coming from where I come from, the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, you heard for a black male born in 1987 in that zip code, life expectancy was 17. And based on everything I saw around me, when I was 14, 15, 16, I just didn't expect to make it to 30. It's And like, I wasn't a street kid. I wasn't outside. I wasn't a back outside boy like Avery, but I just, I just didn't have a vision for 30. And it was only as I got closer to 30 where I started to develop a vision. But even like, even still, I have such a hard time being like, all right, this is what life is going to look like at X point for whatever reason. Uh, I, in kind of the gifting scale, I lean a little more visionary, but when it comes to my own life, like I have a really hard time casting that vision. Like there, there is one big vision I have and we can get to it later, but like, I know what I, where I want to be at 45, um, Lord willing, I can achieve that goal, but I don't know. I just have a really hard time painting that picture. And I didn't have a picture painted for 35 at 27. though, I did go through kind of a quarter life crisis where kind of same thing, existential dread, like, yo, my, my career really sucked at the time I was working in finance, a place that I should not have been. Uh, I had just gotten married. I was struggling with this idea that, you know, I can't provide, um, you know, job woes. Uh, we hadn't, we hadn't had our first kid yet, but like not feeling ready to be a father, all those things. And now, you know, here I sit at 35, father of three. I, I mean, I've got a, I've got a great job. Um, I had, I have a dearth of activities and hobbies. I've got a good marriage, you know, I've like, I, I have all these things and yet you laughing at dirt, ain't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's not even a big word. <laughs> we that's not a word using every day. No, no, I keep not at all. Every day is different from y'all every day. Uh, Clearly, but yeah, I where where I am at thirty five is I'm in a great place, while at the same time, in many ways, feeling unsatisfied, which is weird. What do you mean, like you? As as long as yeah. I've known you, like you, you always struggle with this that feeling of unsatisfied. So. Discontentment has been my heart language since I was about three years old. Um, and, I, and that's something I've I've struggled with my entire life is I'm an I'm an ambitious guy. Y'all know this. Uh, ambition is not a bad thing, but I think ambition can go too far in the wrong direction and can almost become an idol in some senses. And for me, ambition has always 
I don't even say ambition has always led to dissatisfaction. I think given the circumstances that I grew up in, that is what made me ambitious to want and desire more for myself. And there, there's a certain thing that I think people don't realize in life is that there is never enough. And so when you want and desire more for yourself, which is not a bad thing, you do have to get to this place where you, where you, you have an enough, where you say, this is enough. This is good enough. I am okay here because otherwise there will never be enough. There will always be more. And the discontentment that plagues me has always had me looking for more. So that means I'm never satisfied with, with where I am because I'm always looking at the next thing. I can't enjoy the good that is happening in the moment because in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about, well, what about X? So it's, yes, yeah, it's it. It's a thing that I, I've wrestled with my whole life. Uh, on my best days, I recognize that, hey, you need to get that out your mind, you know, have joy, have contentment, have satisfaction. And on my worst days, I'm just like, yeah, but I'm not doing X. I am not X. I would rather have X. So I should probably put another X in there so people don't think this is a R-rated podcast. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, you, you you get the wrong number of X's in a row and people start searching for different things on here. Looking for smut. <laughs> Yo, side note, I was talking to this to this chick the other day. And uh, so in, in my day job, for those of you who don't know, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I was talking talking to this girl. Wow, that's a weird segue. Keep going, <laughs> keep, 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 keep going Pastor Watermark. <laughs> I, I was talking to this girl at my church the other day, and she, I said something. I was like, "Yo, we should go get." Uh, I was like, "We should grab coffee or tea or a Coke, a cola, not the cane." And she starts busting out laughing. And she goes, "Every time I talk to you, I find another reason to cancel you." And I'm like, dang, son, I'm just out here living. <laughs> I also told her I kicked kids at one point. So. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're telling us all this after mentioning your day job is a pastor. Yeah, I mean, Google is free. Uh, I'm also a professor. And so every semester I get a different crop of students. And at some point in the semester, they Google me and they're like, Professor CJ. Are you religious? I'm like, I'm assuming that you Googled me. And I think you know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, has your Twitter ever come up when they Googled you? Yeah, but my, my Twitter is very tame now. Now. You scrubbed it? I I, I, didn't, I didn't I've never scrubbed it because I've always had the sense, like I've never cursed on Twitter. So you can search yeah. whatever curse word you want to search, you'll never find that. The only thing you'll find, like, you're just finding, like, a bunch of stupid jokes. But I've always been mindful of my social media presence because we are at that age where we we grew up before the internet and we kind of understood you don't put your whole life on there. So my, my Twitter's not that bad. It, you'll just find, like, a lot of dumb jokes. But nothing that'll get me, as far as I know, canceled. You got to go back. You got to go back to the <laughs> 09 to, 20, to 2012. So here's the thing. I became a Christian in 2010. So a lot of those 2010 to 2012 tweets were just hyper religious. So if you're going to cancel me, it's like, yo, this nigga was such a corny Christian. Like, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's what the red hat. 
<laughs> that came later, around twenty sixteen. Your man was wearing a red hat before it was in style. <laughs> oh man! All right, so we're thirty five years old. We are not babies. No one tells you. No one gives you a manual for life, and no one tells you how weird this age feels. But now we're looking ahead. What are you guys hoping for for this year and then for the next five years? To hit the lottery without actually playing it. Oh, somebody, some one person won the $2 million. One in California. I mean, you know, after taxes, oh, California, after taxes, it's a little less than a billion. But still. Still. If I can get 200000 who Chile. Give me $20 right now. Change Dad, my life. Do you need an orphan, Pastor Corp? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Can we pass the plate to the left-hand side? And then pass it on to the right side, somebody. We appreciate the money that jingles, but we would love the money that folds. Come on. <laughs> um. So I would say the question was, I know it was like looking ahead. What are you hoping for for the next five years and one year? This year and the next yeah. five years. Yeah. Um, I, I could go. Oh, go ahead. Um, so I would say for the coming year, just more so. Um, it's gonna sound mad cliche. <laughs> I just want to be more in touch with my feelings. <laughs> I just want to finally find somewhere where I can lay my hat because I'm oh tired gosh. of it leading me <laughs> everywhere and I just want to settle down and be someone's boo. And when it dies, I don't want to leave my future kids nothing but alone. <laughs> go, go ahead, Amy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So and a soggy V now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so on on brand what, what CJ said, yes, to be more in touch with my feelings, to be more um aware of, of my feelings of myself. Basically to, you know, love myself more. Um and like understanding like my boundaries and such. Like I've started that journey, but I know like that's a lifetime journey. Um, but I would like at least like get to a relatively healthy place within a year. Um, in the next five years, 35, 40. So yeah, honestly, it's putting out this book that I've been working on. Um, like, yeah, I have the some of the bones, but like I would like to actually have like a manuscript done within that time. What? You can write a book as long as Brian on Family Guy. <laughs> listen, listen. It's where's your book, Brian? You have antagonist? <laughs> the protagonist? Mm-hmm. I have a protagonist. Little antagonist, little protagonist, little A plot, little B plot. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have that. I, no. <laughs> Main character goes through a struggle and then overcomes that struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, family uh, guy's too good. Family guy was elite, man. Um, all right, to answer the question, 
in the next year, I want to I want to learn how to be I'll I'll go along the emotional route like every so he's not out there. <laughs> Not on the out. He's not out there on the island. I'm so an emotional island. Um, I want to learn how to be more present, and I think that I'm not present because I'm always thinking about what's to come and trying to prevent what's to come going wrong. But I need to do a better job of being in the now and not worrying so much about what's to come. Um, I'm not really like someone who worries a whole lot. So like I'm I would say pretty carefree. If you know, if my wife tells it, you know, I have I don't have any cares in the world. But I'm always thinking about okay, I second that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. I just don't live life on on fear, like most people do. So I just but I'm always thinking about, okay, this needs to get done. This needs to get done. This needs to get done. How do I set life up for the next three days so that things can run smoothly? And so I'm always thinking three, four days ahead. And usually it's just like stuff around the house. Okay, this is what we're having for dinner this night. This needs to be taken out so that when we get home, because traffic is going to be bad on this day, like, oh, just thinking about the logistics of the day today. And I'll go down a rabbit hole and then I would have planned out the next three, four weeks in my head because I don't want for things to go sideways. But I miss a lot of like, the little things like being present to help with bedtime and being present to, you know, where my wife's feet when she's, you know, she's had a long day. Um, being present to help with homework and, you know, just do like the little day to day checking in on the kids and making sure that they're okay emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, missing a lot of those things. So that is what I'm. I want to focus on for the next year. Next five years, I want to be in a better place financially, but not forcing it. Um, I think that for so long, you know, kind of like Claude, I if I haven't been satisfied, I would say right now I'm making the most money that I've ever made, but I also have the most expenses that I've ever had. So it just doesn't feel like a lot of the time, it doesn't feel like I'm making more money. It doesn't feel like I'm in a better place financially because things are canceling themselves out. So I would like to be in a better place financially where I have money that's set aside that is just making money on its own. Um, investing in different things and you know, just having, having something set aside for a savings and something that I can hand down to my kids. So same answer as you, actually, uh, over the next year and five years, I want to be more content and more present. Uh, I think my lack of presence is, it's bread and circus, right? It's the, uh, the old Roman poet Juvenal said, give them bread and circus and they will never revolt. Um, I'm too entertained. Uh, there's too many podcasts, too many shows, too many books to read, too just too much intake that 
keeps me from just being there in the moment. You know, uh, I don't want to be sitting with my kids and they want to, they want me to paint with them, but I have a headphone in my ear, uh, just stupid little things like that. Now I spend a lot of time with my kids. There are times where I just need to escape, but I can't let every time be a time of escape, you know, if that makes sense, because the time goes by fast and I already see it with my five-year-old where there's plenty of time where she's like, yo, that scram. I tell them to scram a lot. So they say it to me now. They're like, scram. Uh, but she's like, yo, scram. I'm trying to have some alone time. And I know that the day will come within the next five years, probably, where, you know, I'm dying to get some time with them. And it, and for, you know, it's not malice or anything. It's just not. That's, that's not where I am as a child. So, you know, I just, I want to be more present in that way. And, and I, just contentment. Uh, I am... Y'all know I'm in a great position in life right now. And I don't want my discontentment to cause me to self-sabotage. I don't want my discontentment to cause me to miss the beauty of this moment. Uh, I don't want my, my discontentment to keep me from enjoying this experience however long it lasts. Over the next five years, I, I want to be halfway to my goal of retiring by 45, which people often laugh when I say that. But for me, retirement doesn't mean that I stop working. Retirement means the work that I do is the work that I want to do and not the work that I have to do. Um, I've been working since I was 15. So it's the last 20 years of my life now. And I honestly, I know it's not true, but I feel like I don't have a lot to show for it. And I'm just, I'm firmly against this vision of work until you're 65, life expectancy is 77. So work until you're 65 and then spend the last 12 years of your life going back and forth to the doctor because you've spent all of your time working and you didn't take care of yourself. So now your last few years are spent dealing with uh, different medical ailments. That, that's not the vision I have for my life. Uh, I will probably, like, I'm a writer. I've been a writer since I was 13. I'll never stop writing. My hope at 45 is to be writing, uh, probably have a page, ha have my PhD by then, be a part-time college professor, but really be free. And uh, kind of like what you were saying with having, having money set aside, money that's making money, I'm hoping that my passive income will allow me to do that. So by 40, I wanna be in a place where I can see that I, I'm on that trajectory. But if I'm not, I hope that I can be content with where I am. That's that's the hard part is mm -hmm. accepting that you're not where you want it to be and being okay with that. So hard. Uh, I I got one last question before we we jump to what the homies have asked us. Um, over the last thirty five years, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? I would say overall, I'm a strange kid, y'all. I'm it took me that long to figure that out about <laughs> From I'm the a, day we met. I'm a weird individual. I thought I was pretty normal. <laughs> but just like the the little things that you know I do and like different things that I have knowledge about, it's just like this is not normal. My wife told me the other day that if I die before her, she wants permission to study my brain to understand why 
I'm wired the way that I am. She's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. She is not wrong. It's just like the, the information that I retain is just, it's really useless. Like it's, it's really useless information. Like why do I know that and remember that Monica was 14 when she recorded her first album? It's not common. It's not common. It's not common knowledge, but it's not something that people just say in everyday conversation. <laughs> I think what's most impressive is you can barely write your own name, but here you are being able to just quote <laughs> legibly. That <right>. <laughs> but I can write. <laughs> it's just like random facts, random information that I just retain. It's just it's weird. And I really didn't start realizing that. I don't think until I want to say until I started seeing it in my son, Aiden, because Aiden just retains weird information. Like he knows how to get from point A to point B just by looking at landmarks, and he's seven. Mm. Wow! Like he can go, he can go on Google Maps and tell you where something is and how long it takes you to get to one place to another. And he's seven. So, I mean, it's not weird. I mean, I learned that. I think that's called like spatial intelligence. So, nah, they is this in the oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you gonna you gonna bleep that? <laughs> you need to bleep Yo, that. <laughs> last week's episode took so long to come out because I had to bleep so much of Diana. Like, I had to. Yeah, like this episode, I'm not gonna have to. You know, use a fine tooth comb and listen to every single minute as I had it. But for D, boy, she was, she was out of pocket. Oh, man. but we love you, D. Right. What about you? It was, it was the question was, was the biggest thing I learned about myself in these last 35 years? The biggest thing is like, I'm an empath. I feel like I learned that this year, like, I didn't know like why. I want to say easily influenced, but like why people influenced me easily. Um, but I, I think one of the reasons why is because it's just like, I feel a person's emotions intensely. And it just sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes like made me sympathize with them. Like, hey, like, all right, boom. Like, what can we do about this situation? Like, yeah, that I'm an empath and like I, I take on strong emotions intensely. So when you be laying with these aunties, <laughs> do you feel the pain that you cause when you leave them behind the next day? Oh, you, you, man. You, you're leaving and they, they look over and they're like, oh, leave. Go. Okay. I'm going to make you some eggs, baby. <laughs> After yeah. I take my medicine. Yeah, clouds. <laughs> yeah, clouds. <laughs> what about you, Chloe? What about what about you, Claude? What is the what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in the last? I week? I enjoy calling you Claude. It's, it's better yeah, than CJ. Don't don't. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time I called him CJ. Maybe October two thousand five. Is you know what you call me CJ if it's something very very serious, like if I'm hurt, like if I'm broken in some way. That is, those are the only times I can think of you being like, yo, CJ, it's all right, man. That was still like 2006. 2006. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say the biggest thing I've learned 
about myself is that I'm me. Uh, you know, you know how these kids be running around talking about I'm him. I'm really him, Timothy Daniels. Uh, I'm me. My whole life, I have been the black sheep. I have never, I've never felt like I've belonged in any room that I've been in. Like Eugene, I've got these weird quirks. I've got these things that just make up who I am. Like I, yeah, I know how I am. I, I read fifty books a year. Um, I am somewhat intellectual, but at the same time, like I love. Really? <laughs> at the same time, like I love going to the gym. Like I love reading GQ. I I love cooking. I, you know. I'm constantly learning. I love taking on new things and new challenges. And that's not normal for most people in America. Like the average person doesn't read. The average person in America doesn't work out. I shouldn't be able to tell you as much as I can about something like vegetable oil, but here I am. Uh, I was never a good student, but I always loved learning. And that once I unlocked that, I feel like it really changed my life and allowed me to be me. Um, kind of the black sheep of my family uh again never really fit in anywhere i've been because i i think i have all these like weird little quirks and things that make up who i am that doesn't fit neatly into anyone's boxes and that can often lead to these feelings of being an outsider which leads to feelings of being lonely which leads to all sorts of existential dread notice a theme of my life um and depression and all those things but it was around the age of 30. I was like, nah, I'm comfortable with me. I'm comfortable with who I am. I there's as my grandmother used to say, ain't nothing wrong with you, baby. You okay. are good just the way God made you. She cozy. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen, I was I was actually I was talking to somebody about this today. My grandmother, my mom's, my dad's mom, is the only person in my life who has never spoken a negative word to me. And for someone who had a childhood full of negative words spoken to him, and you know how it is when you're a child and those words imprint on your heart and on your mind, and you're more likely to believe them, whether they are intentional or unintentional, to have that one person in my life never say a negative word to me is the reason I'm still here today. I went, I actually, I went and saw her over the weekend. Yo, that's my, that's my heart right there. Yeah. Grandmother's a special place in my heart. Um, my grandmother. I think that's why I'm so old acting, because it, it was just me and Helen in the house. You said Helen? Yeah, it's my grandmother's name. Yeah, Helen, Martha. You see, we, we got grandmothers with real grandmother names. Yeah. That's how you know they that's how you know they legit. Amy, you remember the name Tanisha? No. Sir, Erica. That's disrespectful <laughs> Erica. to my grandmother. First name Erica, last name <laughs> It's my My father's Mother is named Cynthia, and my um mom's mom is named Barbara. Oh, oh, they legit. Yeah, yeah. Man, these teenagers are gonna be grandmothers one day, and I have a future grandkids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I see a lot of uh, uh, what's that? The heaven spelled backwards. I don't know, no, 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 chill, chill. My cousin just had a baby <laughs> and named her Neve. Chill out. <laughs> Literally, like two weeks ago, <laughs> fall back, son. All right, let's get let's get to these questions from the homies because they got All some right. good ones. So I I put it out to the homies. I'm like, what do you want to know about aging slash getting older? 
And so this first one comes from the homie Alodi. How do you deal with regrets? Avery, I'll let you start off. <laughs> that was a double shot. I'm gonna leave that alone. Do you wanna do you wanna elaborate on this here fine no, American podcast? No. As to what you mean? <laughs> It was a double shot of espresso. It picked me up. It got me up and awake. And, you know, oh, <laughs> uh, regret. How do I handle regret? I think now how I handle it is just like seeing it for what it is. Like it happened. Let me learn from it. Let me like learn from my mistakes. Um, like basically, how can I, you know, implement? The correction moving forward, you know. Um, the I, I feel like the feeling goes away more and more as you like deal with it and like you know dig dig deep. Like so, like I'm dancing around the answer. Is is therapy? Um, therapy helps me get over my regret. Um, so yeah, it's just like learning to one pinpoint the regret, pinpoint the situation. And then I understand, like, to be, you know, kind to myself that I didn't have the necessary knowledge I had back then that I have now. So it's just like letting that go. Like, okay, I didn't know that then. I didn't know that about myself. I didn't know that about the other person. Or I didn't know that about the situation. Let me show myself grace. Let me move on for that from that. But also let me learn from it as well. I would say for me, I wouldn't say that I handle regret well i think that is a recurring thing that i have that i deal with um especially when it comes to finances because i feel like making the decision to go to college put me in such a bad financial state after college that i've regretted it but also had i not come to college i would not have met my wife, I would not have the family that I have. I would not have the Nigga, friends. You wouldn't that have I met have. me. <laughs> I was getting he said the friends. He said the friends. I was getting to that. Sis gotta be first. <laughs> but there's a lot of positives that came from me going to college. But then I would say I still do. Like I regret making the decision to come to college in a sense. Um, But how I handle it is I have to look at the positives that came out of the decision that I made, not just going to college, but anything that I've regretted or had the potential to regret. I have to look at the positive outcomes of it to combat those negative feelings. Sad sad boy. Uh, the way that I deal with regrets, you know, I try not to dwell on them. Uh, there's a certain amount of you just can't change the past, right? Like I, there, there are plenty of things that I would love to do over if I got another chance. Uh, things I wish I hadn't done, things I wish I hadn't said, places I wish I hadn't been. But in on some level, there's there's the uh, this old Latin expression used by the Stoics called um, Amor Fati, which is basically, you know, love of fate, right? Like, this is what happened. It is what it is. You can either be upset about it or you can accept it. 
and you can move on. And so for me, there's a there's a big sense of and in, in of most things, I'm more fati. Like, yo, this is where I am. Learn to love it. But you know, I do that well sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Next question is from the homie Jackie. Do your knees crack when you bend down? Yes. No. Yes, Absolutely. they do. So <laughs> no. Yes, they do. So all right, here's a here's a good thing. Avery and I have had this conversation a lot. <laughs> we are both 35, but we are not the same 35. We're not the same 35. <laughs> I have spent the last 22 years playing a whole lot of basketball and the same. last 10 years lifting a lot of weights. Avery has spent the last 20 years doing nothing. So his body isn't broken down in the same way, but it'll hurt later. It'll come back to catch him. No, yeah. what what for me is my back. It's my lower back that that hurts. So it's not all that all that sitting, all that sitting wow. and rolling. <laughs> <laughs> on chairs, video games. I actually don't have one. <laughs> if I have been biking for the last five years, five or six years, no, eight years. I'm playing basketball years. for over twenty years, though. I mean, yeah, this. Two two that's, different things. That's what two my different things. Works. Playing basketball. Yeah, I've been playing. I played started playing basketball. I would say, like actually, really playing where I was decent. I would say when I was about, I'll say nine, because that was when I got to the school with an actual real gym. So, I would say since I was about nine. Hmm. So it's what twenty four years, hmm. twenty six years. We've been putting in work. You putting in work, man. You've been sitting around working your thumbs. You're gonna have arthritis. I I hope not. <laughs> Our grandmother has that, and yeah. Hands, hands is gonna be like this. Chill. 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 <laughs> uh all right. So we got a couple of questions from the homie Rhea. First question is. What are you looking forward to with aging? Not cracking because black don't crack. There's a follow up question from someone else about that. Avery, <laughs> what about you? Oh, <laughs> I'm honestly looking forward to age like fine wine. I mean, like my parents, you know, they don't even look their age. And, you know, black don't crack. So I'm just like hoping that my black don't crack, you know, as I age. You know, I was talking to my wife about this the other day, right? And we often look at our grandparents and we're like, yeah, grandma so-and-so lived to 90-something and grandpa so-and-so lived to 90-something and they look like this and I'm hoping the same thing. But I don't think we realize, again, this is my deep knowledge of <laughs> vegetable oil and nutrition and stuff. We ain't living the same lives that they lived. We're not. But... We are projected to die younger than our parents, which makes us the first generation in like the last 15 to have that projection. Two, we ain't as active as they were. We not eating like they were. Our lives are totally different. And yet we expect to age in the same way that they have. Now, me, I'm age better because I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. But it's a lot of you niggas out here not <laughs> exercising, not eating a vegetable, not drinking water, sitting around all day talking about, I'm going to be just like Grandma Josephine. No, you ain't, beloved. <laughs> You're going to have to bleep that water. out, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all 
<laughs> what am I looking forward to with aging? Um, time with my family, watching them grow. The two things. One is time with my family, watching them grow, watching uh you know, my kids become adults, watching my wife grow and change. Uh, I had my first parent teacher conference today and just listening to the way my daughter's teacher just, just loved on her. It was like, man, I, your daughter is so great. She's such a sweet kid. Uh, I wish I had more of her in the classroom. You know, I just, I, I just, I'm hoping to just watch her continue to grow into that person. The second thing that I'm looking forward to with aging, I just want to see how technology changes, man. Like when you think about just the last 20 years alone from the Nokia brick phone where we were all playing snake to what we have now, uh, the projection that in the next 15 years we'll truly have self-driving cars. Like I just want to see it. I'm curious. That's why I want to look to 120. That's part of the reason is I want to see how technology changes. Oh, that that scares me. That, that honestly scares me, and and I blame that for all the sci-fi I watch. You know, Terminator, Matrix, a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's just you need to watch some normal TV. Frasier. I'll go with Frasier. I will not watch Hip Hop Atlanta. For the hills. How and the, hear the blues are calling, mm-hmm. toss salads and scrambled eggs. No, sir. what? what? You don't like sir? the hills and Laguna Beach? No, I hated uh, that growing up. I was just like, why you, is this on? You've been on reality TV, man. Been <laughs> since Pedro and Puck in '94. Yo, Rhea wants to know: Has your circle changed? If so, how many times? Too many to count. Why is that? Uh, I think it's different stages in life. Like people do grow apart, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, maturity levels, um, and just uh circumstances. You know, is is just like you. So like, I I have a friend who's out in St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. Um. And like I could hit them up like any time, not any time. She's married, but uh, <laughs> like I could hit them up, and be like, "Hey, you know, how's it going? X, Y, and Z." Like we could talk, like you know, nothing's changed. But then, like, there's friends, you know, from the past where I'm just like, I wouldn't, I, I, it would be like pulling teeth for me to talk to them. So it's, it's a myriad of things. You know, um, yeah, life circumstances growing apart. I I have a close friend right now. Like I I honestly feel like we had a place where this is over. <laughs> you know, so it's just like accepting Good that. Friend. Call him out. <laughs> you talk about from the desk. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> um. Mm. So if she listens to this. I I wonder too, but you know. Um, it is what it is. Like I, I think I've accepted it. Like, do I have to do my part to keep it alive? Yes. But at the same time, like I'm reading the room, and it's just like, maybe this died a long time ago, and we're just holding on to history. So it's probably around the time you proposed to her. But anyway, oh. 
Eugene. I did not propose uh, to her. <laughs> uh, Eugene, has your circle changed? If so, how many times? Yo. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know if y'all know this about me. I'm a pretty loyal and consistent guy. Like, my friends really haven't changed that much. I would say over the last 10 to 15 years. Like, I still talk to friends that I was cool with in high school. Like, they were the only people that I really talked to in high school. Like, Brittany. I still talk to Brittany. Not shout as BP. You can't shout BP out. <laughs> shout out to BP, the homie. <laughs> I'll always remember 06. <sighs> Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> Can we not discuss 06? <laughs> um... So yeah, like I said, other Brittany, my friends from college, like if I was cool with you in college, like we're still cool to this day. I haven't really lost many friends because I'm the type of person like I can still keep people around, just not as close until like have a reason to say, okay, there's no reason for me to associate you with you at all. Um, now I recently reconnected with a like my best friend from elementary school like he was my very best friend in elementary school i mean you can call it what you want but um (laughs) we were we were friends up until i want to say fourth grade fifth grade until his his family moved him to a different school and back then there was no social media and he actually did not get on social media so I've reconnected with him randomly at an event that he, his, him and his family were being highlighted at, and we actually were living in the same city. And I tried to like keep that friendship going. It was like, yo, I just found reconnected with my best friend from elementary school. But I think that our lives had changed so drastically, and we knew each other in such completely different times of our lives that it just was not going to work. And Initially, I felt some kind of way. I was just like, but dad, why is he not texting back? Like, why is he not, you know, trying to get up? Why is he not trying to hang out? And I just had to realize, like, our lives are just completely different. And we may not be friends like that anymore. And so, but that was somebody who I had not really talked to in about 20 years, 20 plus years. Yeah, it's it hasn't changed much, but the few changes that I've had, they really weren't like drastic or hurtful changes. No, where you got the mic right now looks like it's on Avery's head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think for me, the the circle has definitely changed. I just, I've been a lot of places over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, So of course, like I've met new people and I've had a bunch of different experiences and that changes the nature of relationships. It's not that I've lost a lot of friends, I would say. It's just, I don't one, I don't think every relationship is meant to last forever. Uh, I just, I don't think we're wired that way. I don't think that's actually natural for us to be as in touch with as many people as we are. So for me, I sometimes I'm like, hey, the relationship, like it ran its course, like that's okay. But as far as the circle goes, um, yeah, it's. I think 
as you meet new people and you create new relationships and you get closer and you drift apart with others, then I think that just naturally leads to the circle changing. And and as as you change, um, man, I I just think about like who I was 10 years ago versus who I am today. Uh, if I had the same exact people in my inner circle today that I did 10 years ago, I don't think that would be the best thing for me. So that's kind of it for me. Uh, last one from Rhea. She said, has your time management improved? I know the answer is no for Avery, but I want you to explain <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. It No, honestly, it it's it improved a smidge. Um, like I, I recognize like what will help me, which you have told me, CJ, a number of times, is to have a plan, um, which I definitely need to work on. Um, but yeah, like it 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 improved a smidge due due to my work, honestly. Like my work forces me to um manage my time better because everything is so time sensitive. Um, so that like spilled into like other areas of my life, but it hasn't improved drastically. Um so so you said you said all that to say that no. it barely improved. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'll be honest, it, it barely improved. Um but that that was a lot of words for barely. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to just Look. sit there and say barely and not not expound <laughs> upon the barely? No, nah, I mean, we appreciate your awareness. Um, I would say for me, mine has improved. Um, I think what forced my time management to improve is all of these dependents that I have. And I can't really, like, drag my feet on things. And, like, it's not just about me anymore. Um, so if things have to get done. Like, there has to be a sense of urgency to get it done and you know sometimes the stuff that I want to do, like sometimes I just want to sit and play 2K, but you know, I can't do that because there are things that have to get done around the house or have to get done for the for the home. Um, so I was saying Emma has a liar. Has well, a ain't no way you halfway through your second season to my I just can't play 2K. I'm not lying. I'm not halfway through the season. I am almost done with my season. I'm in March. <laughs> I think I have like 10 games left. <laughs> and the game has been out for two months. That's so deep, um, bro. <laughs> meanwhile, but, I'm on like game 12. <laughs> but I don't have a lot of the side jobs that Claude has. Like Claude is a writer. He's a painter. He, <laughs> he's the cook. Bro, a renaissance he's the man. pastor. <laughs> like anything that you can, like if you look at a block, and look at all the jobs that are on that block. Like Claude does all of them. And so he has a lot more, he has a lot less time than I have. Once the kids are in bed and the house is asleep, y'all know I don't really sleep like that. I go through weeks at a time where I'm just up until two, three in the morning every night. So sleep like a toddler. I'd be playing 2K. Whereas other people, Claude with his 57 jobs is doing some sort of work. This is true. And that is why for me, uh, I don't, the only reason I would say I don't think my time management has improved is because it's just always been excellent. Like life has 
just always forced me to have excellent time management. <laughs> Honestly, like, so back in high school, right? I was a full-time student. I had a part-time job. I was co-captain of the STEP team, co-captain of the debate team. I was on student government. Like I had to learn very early. I was also in writing classes. Like I had to learn very early to juggle all of those things. And then I go to college. And at one point in college, I'm working three jobs, playing intramural basketball. And of course, I'm a full-time C plus student. After college, I'm working full-time in finance. I'm a spoken word artist and I'm in grad school. Fast forward to now where I've got, I'm a pastor, I'm a professor, I'm a writer, which my newsletter will be late for those of you who get it. It will be late this week. Um, what else? I've, I've just got a, I've got a lot going on. Like there are other things that I would care not to mention right now due to agreements, but soon come, soon come, be on the lookout. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't shame sex workers here. <laughs> <laughs> there is an OnlyFans under my email. So Wait, seriously, I thought you remember, got it. I didn't set it up and I'm not lo- trying to log into OnlyFans. Someone set up an OnlyFans using my email and I'm going to just let them rock. You know, just hopefully to, I get just, some proceeds one day. Just I'm not typing www.onlyfans.com <laughs> into my browser on Al Gore's internet, okay? Not happening. <laughs> they can still track you, beloved. You do, you, but, do, uh, you do it on Donald Trump's internet. Incognito. <laughs> but yeah, so like, life has just always forced me to, to be good at managing my time. It, I, I will say this is the year that I've recognized my limits uh, between full-time dadding, pastor, professor, writer. I was trying to do a fellowship as well, and I just couldn't fit it in. Like, I'm starting to understand that I can't do everything because at 35, I am tired. Uh, and so now I'm, I'm more selective about the things that I, I choose to do. Now, of course, platinum question premium question from the big homie osa two-part question because osa i was, got I was, it wait, like I was waiting for osa's question <laughs> oh o- osa come through with the good questions actually we're not going to do osa's question right now i want to end on osa's question this question is from the homie melissa and she said what would you tell your younger self knowing what you know now i wouldn't talk to my younger self because he was a dork <laughs> so I wouldn't tell him anything. <laughs> nah, I, I saw that in a in a video on Instagram. Um, don't go to school, go to work. Avery, what would you tell your younger self? Oh no, nah, go ahead, finish that. Well, I was just I was just saying, like I my younger self, he bought into the dream of hey, you go to college and you graduate and you have this great job and you make all this money. He did not consider how the economy would be at any given time or going out into an industry where you need more experience than you do education. So going to work would have been like, I feel like I am years behind my peers because I wasn't fortunate enough to do a internship because I had to actually work for money. My junior just bought a house. The average millennial is not buying a house. You deserve your flowers, beloved. No, no, no. I appreciate those flowers, but I know peers that we graduated with that are on their second and third house making millions. 
But that is the time. Again, this is I'm only saying this to you because I constantly have to tell it to myself. Yeah. That's the top one percent. There's yeah. a reason one percent is one percent and and there's ninety nine. That's not going to be the average story. Even, not even making millions, but just making more than what I'm making now. I feel like I could have been I could have been further along in my career had I started three or four years earlier than what I did. Really, five to, five to six years earlier, because there was three years that I was not working. I'm more Fati, beloved. You're done? Avery, what you're telling you? Yeah, I'm done. Yourself. Your turn. <laughs> I, I wanted to give you, you you know, your space. You know, um, I, I am still a hard-headed individual, so I don't know if I would listen to mm. myself even. Um, mm. However... Um, what I would caution myself to so tell myself that V neck, no. put the V necks down. No, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Don't hold on. It, it's, you, it's, not, it's, continue, not, it's not, it's not, it's <laughs> not. Hold on, before you continue, Eugene, I don't know if you can see it, but based it's on it's not, angle, <laughs> I, was, I literally just had got the same that thought. same V neck on. It's right not, now. it's a thermal, it's a heat tech thermal, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. No, I first thing I would tell myself, there's a lot I would tell myself, but I think the pivotal years, I think I would tell myself not to follow the person after dusk um, to college. Mm. Um, wait, you followed her to college? Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I don't think I knew that. So, short, short, short story. Um, I was trying to figure out what college to go to. It was either CUNY College or somewhere else. Sir, we Are have you? an international audience. Please tell them what a CUNY is. Uh, so it is a low-income college that it's paid mostly by the city. Um, but you, you, what I think city? at the time, New York City. Um, <laughs> uh, so I had the choice of going there. But my friends at the time, it was a youth pastor and my mentor, they were just like, oh, you should go to this Christian college. It would be good for your growth. You're new to the faith, X, Y, and Z. Oh, and so-and-so is going. And I was hemming and hawing until they mentioned the so-and-so. I was just like, huh, I'll take it into consideration. And I'm in debt due to that decision. The downfall of niggas can always be traced <laughs> back to following the booty. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, Jay Z and he who will not be named. They had a joint album, and on that album, <laughs> they had a song called "The Power of the." You can fill in the blank. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, uh, the second thing I would I would tell myself is to get on that Bitcoin wave. I'll be honest. I would, I would tell myself to get on that Bitcoin wave. But are you also telling yourself when to jump off that wave? I I, I don't know that answer. See? Because <laughs> when it was up, it was up. But Bitcoin is struggling right now. It is. I got a notification that it's at a 52-week low. I was just like, hmm, interesting. Do you have Bitcoin now? Uh, Very little. Very little. Hmm. I got you, a Bitcoin. I have a slither of one Bitcoin. Now you got one. No, I don't have a full. I don't have a full one. It's like part of one. 
Like yeah, a small yeah. portion of one. Avery, did you get your Bitcoin from the same place I got mine? Yes. We had we had a friend gift us about five hundred dollars in Bitcoin. And I've seen that drink go all the way up to like five thousand dollars. And now I think it's sitting at maybe six hundred. I should have yeah, cashed man. out, bought a motorcycle. <laughs> you got a motorcycle license, bro. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted to ride the motorcycle. I just said I wanted a motorcycle. I can't. What's the point of having it if you're not going to ride it anyway? To look at it. Uh, what am I? I'm telling my younger self to not lie about that and invest not in lie real about estate. That accident. <laughs> you're going to tell yourself not, not to lie about that accident that you had coming back to the house <laughs> said you wasn't speeding <laughs> with tire tracks through the grass. <laughs> Hey, just tell the truth. You were speeding down the road. No, I will. Oh I will come. I'll come. I'll come back to that. I will. I would <laughs> tell my younger self to lift weights and invest in real estate. And um, yeah, just lift weights and invest in real estate. And if everything else kind of works out the way the way it has now, cool. Uh, the accident Eugene is referring to is the accident <laughs> I got into in 2006 with my first car. It was a gray Mazda 626. It had rained in Charlotte the night before, and we lived around a steep curve, and I was going around that curve a little fast, and <laughs> my tires were they were they were down to the wires, so oh, I can't damn. remember what to the treads that's what it's called or something like that, and the ground was a little wet, and it was the perfect conditions for me to spin out and reverse over a fire hydrant and wreck my car. And the tire came out from under the car. <laughs> yes. Yes. The whole shock okay, was question. outside of the car. Yeah. Do we need to do an episode about 2006? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I was not saved in 2006. 2006 was a wild time. <laughs> I, I think the people were an episode of 2006. You know what? I'll tell you what. People, if you want an episode about 2006, slide in our DMs. If we if we get enough comments, enough requests for an episode about 2006, I will have the bleep button ready and we'll do it. <laughs> 2006 was a wild time. Really? Ooh, Chile. From winter 2005 to the end of 2006. Ooh, I live in this life. <laughs> mm. So we're going to go oh, ahead man. and go on to the last question. Yes. From the big home. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. no, no. We'll, we'll save. We'll save. If we, if we talk about 2006, we'll save the rest of the story. Yeah. About, about yeah. How yeah. <laughs> uh, platinum question from the big homie, Osa. Let's kick our shoes off and answer my man's question. He wants to know skin regiments, one. And two, what are your birthday traditions? I don't have a skin regimen. I'll be honest. It shows. Oh, oh hey, <laughs> my skin is smooth. Thank you. Hey, you said you set yourself up for that. My skin is smooth. Thank you. You don't, um, you don't wash your face. <laughs> oh, this this dirty some stuff. <laughs> Wait, what? Define wash. Define wash. Oh, was, <laughs> no, no. This is this what is a this, no. Wash? Wait, 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 wait. 
I feel like the Black Caucus is about to come for my neck, but hold on. Hold Are you wash your legs? Yeah. My skin is smooth. Thank you. You don't, um, you don't wash your face? <laughs> oh, this this dirty some stuff. <laughs> Wait, what define wash? Face so, off? Yeah. You rinse you, you rinse you the just dirt off of your face. You just splash? Huh? No, I use the shower. Like a duck? Head. No, I use the shower head. <laughs> Put the shower head. So you just rolled off the water to your face? <laughs> oh man, I, I feel attacked right now. You know, but... you should. You should feel attacked <laughs> by whatever's growing out of your face. My, my, look, I admit my face could be a lot smoother and cleaner if I do the cleansing situation and all a that. Cleanser. My face is clean. Thank you. Who t- who told you you're not supposed to use soap on your face? The whole test. See, <laughs> <laughs> every week soap. you prove your whole temporary. Soap is an invention of a white man trying to get us to scrub the blackness <laughs> off of us. What color is soap? White. You ever seen a black dove? No. <laughs> Irish Spring. You see black the people second in part Ireland? to the question. <laughs> Oh, uh, what are your birthday traditions? Uh, no, I'm not. Anyway, um, wait, quick, back to the face thing. So I, I used to, um, I used to like put clay on my face like every week. Um, but yeah, put what I, on your face? Like you a whole time. Well, so oh what? What's what's, what's her name that had you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw my parents do it as. They, you know, were raising us, me and my sister. So, you know, me and my sister also got in the way. Also, it's a it's a whole tap ritual that was passed oh down from gosh. generation to generation. What's the second question, please? <laughs> you, you really just be splashing water on your face and calling it a day? The man rinses his face off. <laughs> yeah, That's people looking at me in the street the like bad weird. <laughs> Anyway, um, birthday traditions. Either I think I notice this like every other year. So one year I would hang by myself. Another year I would hang with family. And another year I would hang with friends. Um, it honestly depends on how the year went and how I'm feeling. Um, before like my birthday, so it's just like I'm feeling a little melancholy. I just want to sit and reflect by myself. If I haven't forgot activity to do with friends, I, you know, hang with my family. And if I like want to like celebrate with friends, like I, I figure out like some fun activity or like I did last year, just have a an intimate setting of um, eating together. So yeah, a very awkward intimate setting of eating. If I recall, jeez. Uh, <laughs> so. Mr. Rinse Your Face Off. A part of your problem is your birthday is October 25th. And yes. every year on October 22nd, Avery's like, yo, what should I do for my birthday? No. You know the most no. unplanned life ever. <laughs> you going to plan to wash your face this year? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, I okay. can't get over you saying fine <laughs> wash. That was, your, that was your first response to the question. You know what? Define, define wash. Listen, listen. What do you mean by wash? Dog, that's... What you doing for your skin and what do you do for your birthday? You a wild boy, Avery. <laughs> um, so I don't do much for my face. I do 
wash with soap and water. I have a separate rag that I use for my face because using the same rag is just gross. Um, but that's really about it. And shout out to the Butterland. I use their Moringa Here. Gold. Um, I'm trying to get my beard to connect. I'm trying to try to look like Anthony Hamilton, like Avery. Um, so yeah, that's really all I do as far as skin regimen. What's your birthday Um, traditions? I don't don't really have a tradition, I like to do something so well. Every year, I post basketball players that are that wore the number of the year that I'm turning. Um, so this year was 35. So I had to do a deep cut for some 35s. Um, but I found some good ones. So you went into the realm of football, huh? So you had to go to football to get your. I didn't go to football. I didn't have any. It was all basketball players. You can do. I thought. I thought I saw a football player. Ah. Uh. I did, I man. I had Doug Christie, KD, of course, uh, Antoine Carr, and somebody, I think Tree Rollins. And so I know those names are foreign to you, Avery. Um, <laughs> uh, so I do that. I like to, because my birthday is still pretty warm outside in North Carolina, I like to do something associated with basketball, whether going to play basketball, um, even if that's just shooting around, I like to do something active in regards to basketball. Um, I really don't plan. I really don't make plans for my birthday. Um, I really like to just not do anything. Like I'm not washing dishes. Typically in our house, like I wash the dishes, I clean the kitchen. I don't do any of that on my birthday. Um, if anything gets dirty, somebody else want to clean it, or I'll do it on the 18th. I am going to start with the birthday traditions because after hearing that this man said define wash, I feel like it's important for me to end on the skincare regimen. I can't. Um, for my birthday, similar to Eugene, I don't really do much. I do like Eugene. This is you know our thing. We post. I, I post one player uh, who one basketball player who wore the number this year. It was Paul Silas. Uh, had to go with a deep cut that Eugene did not use, which for 35 was really hard. It was hard. Uh, I called dibs on Marcus Smart next year. Um, you got Marcus Smart. Or yeah. always, always find deeper cuts than you. But I, I beat you. I feel like I beat you this year. Paul Silas was was deep. Doug Christie. Uh, people didn't know he wore 35 on the Lakers. Valid. Uh, and then I, I like to spend some time alone. Uh, and that's just the introvert in me. I just like to be alone. Uh, I'm I'm usually very pensive and reflective around my birthday. So or just around that time, I, I'm already just thinking a lot about the year and what I want for the next year. I don't do New Year's resolutions. Uh, I, I do kind of set like loose goals for the year. Or I think about what I want the next year to look like. And because my birthday is so close to the end of the year, I actually start that at like, kind of at or around my birthday because there's all this science around getting that rolling start into the new year makes your goals a little more sticky um and then I eat good food uh because y'all know me I'm bougie I love good food as y'all heard in the last episode I had that (laughs) tomahawk wagyu and it was amazing uh and now as far as the skincare routine goes because 
Define wash might need to be the name of this episode. I don't know yet. We're going to figure it out. Um, it's a, it's actually <laughs> it's a really it's a really simple regimen. Uh, you don't want to do too much to your face, but I have a tea tree balancing foaming cleanser cleanser by this company Aromatica that I use to wash my face every day, uh, once or twice a day. Usually, it really comes down to how tired and lazy am I feeling. And then the second part is I use the same brand, Aromatica, their tea tree face lotion. And that's it. Uh, a lot of your your face health, so to speak, is also determined by your diet. Yeah, I know I don't have a lot of highly processed foods. I drink a fair amount of water and that's pretty much it. So Avery, I didn't see you taking notes, but I assume that you'll go back and listen to this episode. I can send you Amazon links if need be. But uh, you're going to do more than just raw dog some water to your face. This <laughs> Look, you know, if, it's, if it helps my skin to glow, sure, why not? My man said define wash. I'm, I'm never getting over that, and you are never going to live that down for as long as you It's, a, it's a lot of things I'm not going to live down, apparently. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's up there with that uh, loose V-neck you had last, last week. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Yo, on that note, thank y'all for listening to us muse and pontificate on growing older. We appreciate you. We love you. We thank you for listening to this podcast from all around the world. Shout out to the listeners in Australia. You are so far ahead of us on the time zone, and yet you still choose to rock with us every week. We thank you. Shout out to our listeners in Brazil. I don't know if they translate this into Portuguese, but whatever. We thank you for joining us. <laughs> and shout out to the listeners in Trinidad, who I'm pretty sure is just my cousins, but you know what? Share it with your friends, please. Listen, this is a fine American pod podcast made and produced in these old United States of America. And so if you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave us five stars. If you are on Spotify, do whatever it is you do on Spotify to rate the podcast and help it move up in the algorithm. Eugene. If they ain't got five stars for us, what should they do? Rinse their faces off. And on that note, we owe my you filthy animals. <laughs> Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Oh, 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 oh.